And now that we're even getting the opportunity to tell a bigger picture with like the organic and the advertising metrics put together with the brand metrics tab and all those small pieces, that helps us paint a much bigger picture. Attribution, the brand referral thing that they're doing, I think all of it is going to allow us to want to spend more money, which is Amazon's goal at the end of the day. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Um, today I'm really excited to have Destiny from Better AMS joining again. She's been a guest a couple times and we keep having her come back because first off, I love talking to you. You have awesome insights and I don't know, we can talk through the, talk about this stuff for hours. So <laughs> uh, Destiny, awesome to have you come back on, you know, for people who are, don't know you or haven't caught the last podcast, like, you know, welcome and maybe give us a quick introduction. Yeah, of course. So very good friends of Joe. That's probably like the main point of introduction. In general, I do Amazon advertising. We have very similar agencies, very similar mindsets about things. And I think we both just love what we do and love talking about advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So in Destiny and I align on so many things in every conference that we go to that we're together. It, it's just awesome to see you in person. They've got a great team. Make sure you check Destiny out. Like I'll, I'll plug even before we start the podcast, like follow Destiny on like social, like LinkedIn is awesome. She does a lot of great posts. And so happy to get your, your perspectives today on the podcast. Yeah. Especially with it being um, the end of the year. <laughs> Yes, yes. And so for the topic today, what we wanted to kind of talk through is just do like a 2021 recap, some key trends that we've seen, and then we can kind of transition it into looking forward. Like what's the big picture trends that we see that are going to happen and kind of how are we gearing our clients up and what you should potentially be considering as you're looking for 2022 type plans. So, you know, maybe I'll kick it over to you, Destiny. Like, all right, 2021, there's a lot of changes, a lot of updates, a lot of different trends. Like what, what some key things that stuck out to you yeah i think it was a absolute mess <laughs> managing ads in the last year the best way possible <laughs> not only did we have this really chain crazy change in like consumer habits with everything going on with covid supply chain like all of that was a hot mess and then amazon's like you know when i'm gonna make the most dashboard changes than ever before 2021. <laughs> so all of those factors made everything really, really crazy. It made our job super exciting. I, I love it. But I think the key changes that really stood out is Amazon rolled out a lot of new targeting types, ad type changes, as well as a whole new UI in the dashboard. And we saw very strong changes in the industry that are influencing how we have decided to manage strategically moving forward. And the combination of those two made it a lot to keep up with that's for sure yeah 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 so i mean one piece that you just hit on like so inventory so this is not advertising specific but definitely impacted advertising quite a bit overall i think one key trend that we saw is that as you ran out of inventory it feels like it's getting harder and harder to get listings back up and rolling. It almost feels like you had to go through like a launch strategy again, where before it always felt like, all right, you go to stock, you come back in stock and you get back to like where you were in terms of like organic rankings and everything. I'm wondering if you were seeing the same things there or if you're seeing different trends. No, a hundred percent. And that's honestly led to an even bigger discussion with us on what is your launch rank strategy? You know, the last five years that's changed pretty frequently, but it's all been given that it was gray hat and that you had the opportunity to launch and rake with all these different factors, search find buys, canonical URLs. Everyone's always throwing away all these crazy strategies. Well, now we know that's not allowed, 
right? It's been released sure. the last few weeks. That is not an option. So you go out of stock, you're faced with a re-rank relaunch. What do you do? Well, in my opinion, and we know Amazon advertising is going to be a fundamental ranking methodology. So we're having to look at how we invest in Amazon advertising from a launch perspective rather than a general advertising perspective. And that really changes your overall strategy because you have to be more acceptable with a higher ACOS or a higher TACOS because we're having to spend so much more time ranking than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it, the, uh, if you look at, especially for like legacy sellers. Um, <laughs> so I, I started selling in 2014, like to get ranked, to get reviews, everything. It was so easy. Like way back in the day, you could give away products in exchange for reviews and it was totally legit. Now you can't even give offsite coupons or different items like that to try to drive sales over to Amazon. They're cracking down on that too, to try to prevent fake reviews and any manipulation of ranking from external sources. And so what that's really driving is a lot more competition on Amazon advertising just because there's not many other options available overall. Yeah, and I I think it's giving priority to legacy brands that are already ranked. I think that, sure. you know, we haven't moved into what to expect next year, but I almost think there's going to have to be some form of algorithm change to even the playing field because right now search is oversaturated by ads. And if you're not in the top four, you're getting very minimal visibility as you scroll down the page. So what that means is all of these brands that have the 40,000 reviews, 20,000 reviews that have been on the platform forever, they have the history, they're much easier to get re-ranked, have a much higher advantage. So I think there maybe needs to be an algorithm change that makes the honeymoon period better, stronger, heavily weighted. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I do think we're going to need to see some form of change because Amazon page one is looking like a brick and mortar store where you only have so much shelf space and everyone else who cares. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely seem to be like before it was in trying to expand quantity. Yeah. I believe you said this yeah. on our last <laughs> podcast and now they're really focusing on quality. Um, and what that's doing for those that are established, it's great. <laughs> and those that are new and launching, it's so much harder to launch a product now, especially if you're sticking by the strict TOS that's available. How do you get reviews? How do you get that initial ranking? You're going to have to be very aggressive on your advertising and use whatever other tools are actually available right now, which is very expensive. And like you're saying, it's, we're just not going to see that many new products actually come into the top on Amazon and actually gaining traction because they're never given a chance overall. Yeah. Which is another reason why I think we're seeing all the aggregators in the space yeah. too, that they're seeing the value of these top listings just because it's getting harder and harder to get new products to be those top listings. Yeah. And in terms of the advertising side, Amazon's released a lot more tools to help us spend more money as well. You know, they released the impression share, and we're seeing top of search metrics and things like that. And I think that's because Amazon knows that's in a very, very valuable place to be on the page. So they're giving us some of the insights to help us make more strategic decisions around that impression share. We have the top of search placement modifiers. We have impression share reporting. And I think all of those things are pushing us in that direction. And one of my new favorite sure. tools is brand metrics because it's a very tiny subpage and advertising console, but it allows you to see that whole picture of can you actually compete? Is your conversion rate relative to these top brands? Yes, no. If it is, you'll better spend the money to get on top of the page. But if it's not, you need to make listing improvements. So 
Amazon knows it's more competitive. They see the direction the industry is going and they're giving us tools to hopefully paint a better picture of whether or not we have an opportunity to compete. Yeah. So since we were talking about like launching and ranking, like what's the typical perspective that you take? I always get questions <laughs> on typical launch or ranking strategy. So Destiny, what, what's your take on it? My favorite questions are how much money do I need for a launch and how many keywords sure. do I put in a campaign? <laughs> and I'm always like, sure. the, it's so dependent, but I think one of the, it depends. <laughs> you're like, I, yes. One of the biggest things I recommend is to view your conversion rate as one of the most important metrics when you're looking at any form of launch or rank. At the end of the day, ranking, whether on platform, off platform, is based on how well you're converting for the keywords you want to rank for. So what we personally do is we set very specific ranking campaigns. We focus on exact match so that way we're not getting any weird modifiers that are changing our conversion rate. And then we, we personally put top of search placement modifiers because I'm of the opinion if you win that one to two to three to four sponsor product placement that looks very similar to an organic placement, it's going to paint a picture sure. of whether or not we should be organically ranked there. If I bid on blue pin and I converted a 35% for that ad exact match, I know pretty dang well that I should be organically ranked there because I'm converting so well. But if I bid on blue pin and I'm converting at 10%, I probably need to relook at my listing and figure out what I need to be ranked for from an organic perspective first. And then if I'm converting well, I drive a ton of traffic and focus on that. I don't really care about ACOS unless I'm just hemorrhaging money because it's too expensive of a keyword. I focus on my conversion rate. Sure. Sure. Yep. Very similar. Yep. We, we take a very highly targeted approach trying to focus on the top converting placements that you can get. Those are going to be the great flags to Amazon to increase ranking because now you're showing relevancy. Yeah. So love the approach. <laughs> Yeah. So, so for 2021, I guess any, any key ad types that you started focusing on more or shifted your strategy to more or any other pieces that really kind of changed up the market for you? And nothing too crazy. I mean, sponsor display is always fun and exciting, but product targeting ads in that ad type have been out since like four years ago. They were just sure. redefined under AMS. So that's still a major focus on our end is just pushing all the product targeting across all three ad types. Retargeting is super cool. I think that there's a lot of fun things that we're going to be able to do there. And I think that's going to be a very advanced ad type as we move into the new year. But I think my favorite aspects are the creative aspects we're seeing being rolled out. I love custom imagery. We've seen crazy inc increases in click-through rate. Sponsored display custom imagery I don't love as much because I don't think it looks that great. But again, sure. bigger opportunity in the future. So those are kind of things we've been playing around with. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in general, what it seems like is, you know, Amazon's become pretty saturated with overall ad placements. Yeah. And so like on the sponsor product side, didn't really see too much in terms of like, you know, new placements or ad types. It was all more like most of the changes there are just trying to make it easier to roll these out yes. or like, you know, keyword translations or different things like that between markets. Yeah. I think a lot of the updates that we're going to see, like on the sponsor brand side, you just kind of hit it like more tools to really build your brand and utilize those ads more in a brand building type phase. Yes. And sponsor display was really like, let's add some of like the core DSP functionality and make it much easier to use. So uh, like views retargeting or remarketing repurchases now some audience targeting yeah. that's thrown in there. That, that's all been pretty cool to see over 2021 just gives a lot more tools to any seller who's got access to the ad console. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
think a great call you had was the international translations. It's very, very small, but I think as we start seeing the audiences build in those marketplaces, I think there's going to be a lot larger opportunity to kind of diversify your business globally. So that's something that we've been kind of preparing for as well as those small rollouts. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yep. And, and I agree. Like, I, I feel like the U S while I've seen reports where the U S is, is technically not as competitive as that. other markets. I, I, I personally disagree. Yes. And so what they were looking at is the number of dollars per the number of sellers. Mm -hmm. And so I get that perspective, but let's take it back a topic that we just talked about where they always prefer those really top players. Mm -hmm. And so those top players and sellers are getting the majority of the sales. And so while per sellers per spend ratio is, I guess, better in the U S yeah. or worse, wh whichever way. Yeah. Less competitive yes. in terms of that metric. I feel like it's so much easier to get launched and ranked in other markets just because they're not as competitive as you don't have as many established players yep. in that space. I could not agree more. I'm really glad you brought that up. I lightly read through that and I was like, you ask me any day where I want to manage ads and the UK, for example, we're still seeing like 23 cent CPCs. I can't get any impressions in most categories in the U S at that. Now, sure. of course it's economies of scale, but from a profitability standpoint, there's so much more opportunity, at least on the advertising side in international marketplaces. Cause you don't have a lot of the large brands just pouring money. I mean, you, you look at the brand adoption the last year due to COVID, there's so many large brands that are spending a lot of money. You look for any keyword and you see them absolutely dominating top of search. And that's because they're paying for that. You don't sure. see that near as much internationally. So the smaller sellers still have opportunity to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And unless you're one of those really established products or brands already in the U S like if you're there, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, and you're going to do really well, but trying to launch in the U S versus other markets too, I think you're going to have much more yeah. success in the other markets just because competition's lower. Again, there's not going to be as many customers right now, yes. um, but it's continuing to grow just like Amazon as a whole. So key question for you, like, how did you see competition go over 2021 in terms of the ad space when people are looking at year over year results? Like what's your take on that? How do you, how do you kind of review that? We saw two, I think, big factors in 2021. One CPCs increased pretty much across the board. And I, I don't think that's due to anything crazy. I just truly think there's more money in the space than ever before. And more people are understanding the value of a high purchase intent model like Amazon ads. So that was a very big role in everything we saw. And then the changes to TOS, I think, made a large difference as well because people start shifting their budgets over and focusing on advertising for their ranking methodology. So in general, CPCs increased across the board. I think TACOS also increased across the board because of the unfair distribution between advertising cost and organic rank like we discussed. So those are probably the two biggest things. Like we're having to have that discussion with brands more than ever before of like, hey, you should probably shoot for break-even ACOS or you will lose market share. It's no longer about the lowest possible ACOS. That's not even a great strategy. What like sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Yep, I, I definitely agree. And if you're focusing on still trying to get the lowest A cost without taking the bigger picture into account, it, it's getting much, much harder and you're probably missing out on a lot of key strategies or pieces that you need to be implementing at this point. Um, and we saw the same thing in terms of like cost per click. So, you know, sponsored products, sponsored brands increased like 30% year over year. Sponsored display was even more. It was like 50%. And I mean, the key reason for sponsored display is people weren't utilizing it as much mm -hmm. before and that's caught on and become more, you know, typical strategies too, which has driven up the competition. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a key takeaway from 2021 that I had too, is that, you know, trying to get in early to these new ad types and testing them, you're going to see less competition because it's going to take some time for people to adopt them as you go. So we're continuing to see that as we go, but in terms of the three major ad types now, they're kind of at, at parity, I say, <laughs> or like they, they're, they're bit up to the point where it makes sense from like a performance yeah. standpoint between sponsor products, brands, and display. Yeah. And so, you know, another thing that we saw too is just like, there's been a ton of finances going into the Amazon space in general. So we've seen the rise of billion dollar aggregators, multiple billion dollars going into the space. I guess what, what's your take on like, does that impact advertising or general strategies for sellers trying to compete or any, any way that you look at it differently or maybe not? I have seen mixed results. I do think that there's more money to play with across the board, but anytime you scale that quickly, it's going to be very hard to have a very precise Amazon advertising strategy. So I, I still think that there's an advantage in the space on the aggregator side because they don't have the capacity and scale to incrementally make sure they have single keyword campaigns for ranking and to make sure their product targeting is in place. I think it's more of a blanket strategy. So I, I do think there's an advantage there. I think my more so concern is these legacy brands like the Johnson and Johnson's, the Procter and Gamble's, the original aggregator models that are now seeing much more platform adoption than ever before, because they're the ones that have like the full capacity, like start, hiring the internal teams and really start focusing on their knowledge base to just spend money in top of search. And their cash flow, I think, is a little bit more liquid when it comes to advertising. So we've had all this increased competition this year too, and we've seen a ton of money flow into this space. So I think right now up to this point, aggregators have gotten like $12 billion worth of funding just over the last year or two. Do you, are, are you seeing any impacts or feel like there's any impacts coming into the advertising space because of it? I do, and I think that it's going to potentially just get worse in all honesty. I think that it's not just on the aggregator side. I think you have the aggregator money, but then you also have like the big retail money, the Johnson & Johnson's, the Procter & Gamble's, the OG aggregators who are sure. buying and scaling brands. And I think that combination has definitely been a force because just on the metric side, we've seen an increase in CPCs. We've seen changes in like the average TACOS across the board. And I think a lot of that is due to so much money flooding the space and just the legitimacy of Amazon. I remember three and a half, four years ago where my parents went to order off Amazon because they thought it was like almost a e like either eBay where it sure. was almost, you have the opportunity of potentially getting products that were like resold, things like that. But now no one doesn't know Amazon, doesn't order from Amazon. So I think that brand legitimacy and all the money from all the brands flooding the space are definitely impacting what we're doing. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I feel like there's a lot of financing, too, that's going into more upper funnel strategies for these bigger brands that have the finances and the long term plan to really support it, too. Whereas before, I felt like we would see, you know, a lot of brands that are taking more of the shorter term focus. It's fully an ACOS, ROAS type focus on that immediate return. But now, like you're saying, I think people are really trying to establish themselves on Amazon and just establish their brands in general. When 50% of e-commerce traffic goes to Amazon, like that's, that's a spot that you have to do it. And I feel like everybody is kind of just finally getting to that space. If there were some holdouts, which is driving up competition. A hundred percent. I mean, through the cyber five holiday period, we saw some placements that were sitting upwards of like an average $30 cost per click. And the products being advertised were less than $30, which means that even if you had a hundred percent conversion rate, you're taking a loss on that placement. But I think it is because you have larger brands and aggregators entering the space that do care about brand awareness. So they're visualizing it as an impression play, similar to putting a billboard up on the side of a highway. It's about gaining that visibility and gaining that foot traffic where <laughs> Amazon's one of the best places to to get it. It's the top of search. It's very prominent and all of your consumers are going to be there. So it makes sense that they're shifting from that ROAS focus to that impression based brand awareness focus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I mean, so we've seen increased competition where you've seen a bigger focus on big brands. We've seen higher competition for those top spots. Like where do you see Amazon advertising going and just the ecosystem in general going in 2022? Like what, what's some key trends that, that you think we'll see? I think there's a few really exciting things that I'm pumped to manage. Social integration is going to be big. You know, Amazon's playing around with this follow button and their, you know, stores and all of those aspects that I think they're going to make into a more prominent play of building your brand on the platform. I think we're getting more creative control than ever before with custom imagery. And I think a big move on Amazon's end is taking some of the ad inventory that we've typically only seen in DSP, which you could talk about, and rolling it over onto display. So that way it's a little bit more self-serve, but more opportunity to expand past the limited placements on page one. Sure. And what's your feeling too? Because I know you've talked about like posts quite a bit, like just the whole social aspect too. Like, do you see more of that coming? Any thoughts on kind of like just the general trying to draw more eyeballs to Amazon? A hundred percent. I always like to look at what the industry is doing outside of Amazon and then considering how Amazon can take advantage of it. Because as we know, Amazon does not like anyone else being successful. They see something, they're going to test it. If they fail, they fail. So that fail fast mentality is what we're seeing on the social side. You know, they're testing the speed. They're testing posts on the product detail page. They're testing, sending out emails with customer engagement, all of these aspects that are going to take advantage of real, you know, social commerce. And I think that as an industry, social commerce is a big part of our future. When you're scrolling Instagram, buying something immediately, that's not going away. So Amazon's going to want to try to capitalize on that early on so they can really build their foundation. Sure. Yep. And with, with the social commerce piece, now you get a lot more people coming it's becoming even more of a destination for people to purchase. The other major benefit is it unlocks more pages where you can actually put advertising too. Yes. You know, cause if you look at like a typical product detail pages, search results, homepage, like everything is so saturated with ads. <laughs> and so it's insane. 
they're either going to need to come up with more creative ways to show the ads, like sponsored posts could be a great one. Like video is different. But if you have that social system on Amazon too, now you actually have more pages where you can show more ads. And if people are spending more time on a product centered ecosystem like Amazon, it just expands where they can show their advertising the and drive more sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's something we haven't even touched and not necessarily in my area of expertise, but I think it's going to be a big opportunity as well is live. Sure. So Amazon's pushing lives on there in some type of like QVC model. And then you see things like Twitch. We're able to run sponsored display ads on Twitch now. So if we get a little bit of control over who we're targeting, who's going live, I think that's a great opportunity because you can make assumptions about people's audience of, hey, I'm targeting this gamer. Maybe this phone case would be a good fit for them. So I see that being very large opportunity as well, just because video is such a plays such a big role in how we utilize the internet. Sure. Yep. Yep. So I, I definitely agree. And you know, some key takeaways that I see going into the new year, kind of, and this is just going to hit and summarize a lot of the pieces that you just touched on. Brand building, we've talked about it before, but just giving even more tools to build brand and also be able to track the progress and the performance of more upper funnel strategies. That's always been a difficulty with Amazon advertising is when you have upper funnel strategies. Yes, you can track impressions, you can track like detailed page views over time, but what is the overall impact to your brand? I feel like we're going to have a lot of more metrics to be able to tie in those strategies so you can actually like justify and get, you know, measure the solid return that you're getting overall. Could not agree more. Amazon's always been slim with their data. And now that we're even getting the opportunity to tell a bigger picture with like the organic and the advertising like metrics put together with the brand metrics tab and all those small pieces that helps us paint a much bigger picture attribution, the brand referral thing that they're doing. I think all of it is going to allow us to want to spend more money, which is Amazon's goal at the end of the day. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So we got brand metrics. We're going to definitely hopefully see some more features from the sponsored display team, making some DSP type features easier to use like sponsored product side, probably a lot more features, just making it easier to roll out different ads and then just a lot more ways to build your brand. So Destiny, for anybody who's going, like they're getting ready for 2022 now, uh, what would be some key things as a seller that you'd recommend focusing on to kind of set yourself up for success? One of the big things that I'm recommending is just working closely with your creative team and your design team. My cat just ran upstairs with her toys. <laughs> in the background. That is awesome. <laughs> But working closely with your creative design team, your video assets, because all of those things are things that can't be turned around really quick and we know we can use them in ads. So that's something I'm kind of promoting or at least having a partnership with someone who can help turn around those assets a little bit quicker for you. Sure. And then I think the second big thing is just staying in touch with the industry experts because it is changing way, way too fast. I mean, there's times where you and I are like, hey, do you see this? Or I see your post, do you see my post? Because it's really hard to keep up with everything going on. So if you don't follow the right people and you don't stay in touch, it's almost impossible as a brand manager to know everything going on on the ad side. So I recommend like keeping up with those aspects because that's where you get that slight competitive advantage. The moment a new ad text release, the moment there's new inventory, hopping on it and getting your ads up and ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about following the right people. So 
Definitely follow Destiny. For people who want to follow you, where, where should they go? Best place is probably LinkedIn, and it's perfect because you can see Joe and I's content as a whole there because I, I think we hit the industry really hard with all the new updates and strategies. Also, YouTube's a good place, Better AMS YouTube channel. We try to post some more in-depth video walkthroughs there, and betterams.com if you're interested in reaching out. Yeah, so definitely follow Destiny, like we just said. I mean, she's got awesome content. Definitely brings a cool perspective to it, too. Destiny, as always, it's so fun to talk to you. And, yeah, really appreciate you coming on the show again. Of course. Thank you so much, Joe, and happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays to you, too. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, we really appreciate you listening. Hope you got a lot of value out of this, and we will see you on the next episode.